who here has ever used or has right now? See if you, I want to see how many people can um, take this out. Uh, a uh, hand sanitizer. Does anybody here have a hand sanitizer? Is that right? There's a few of you, right? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, look at that. It's right there. Let me get that, Roswell. Okay. So these hand, sin hand sanitizers are fantastic, right? We just, um, my family and I, we just uh, had uh, a really wonderful time, and I want to thank you guys for uh, loving us and helping us get there. We were able to preach. We just came back from London and uh, Paris, and we were able to we were able to minister to people. We saw people come to Christ. We saw people turn from being Jehovah Witnesses to turn to Jesus, and we saw people. I mean, we saw people uh, baptized and saved, and it's just I got some wonderful reports. Um, I had to leave before the baptism actually happened, but there were five people who got baptized. It was just beautiful. So neat. And so you guys supported that. So thanks so much. And then when we weren't preaching and counseling and teaching, we, we tried to visit a couple of sites, and we had fun with that, and that was fun. But one thing that was indispensable for my daughter, I saw her with it. It was this massive, massive uh, bottle of hand sanitizer. She had it uh, with her school bag. I didn't use hand sanitizer, and so I got sick. Evidently, European germs are more stronger than Brooklyn germs. <laughs> Who knew? And so I, um, I didn't know, and so I got sick and, and all that other fun stuff. But this stuff is priceless, right? I mean, what do you do? You, you, put, you put it on, and you don't have to worry about a thing. You put it on your hand, and it, it kills this thing. But what's interesting is long before this happened, people in hospitals never, about over 100, maybe 100 years ago, they never washed their hands. Doctors would go from inspecting an open wound to looking into someone's mouth to going into an operation table. That was crazy. We know it's crazy now. But the reason that we know it's crazy is because there's a doctor whose name I cannot remember right now. But trust me, and he invented this theory. It's called the germ theory. Uh, it was, the, it was the, theory, uh, the germ theory of something, something. And what he said is he, he started to practice this thing. And you guys, some of you are Google-icious, so you're going to like uh, Google it right now. You can tell me as I continue on. But what he did was in his hospital, he required everybody to wash their hands, no matter what patient they dealt with. That was his rule. You wash your hands. And the mortality rate for babies dropped. The mortality rate for mothers who had just given birth dropped. The mortality rate, um, it, was, it was incredible how effective it was. But it was a tough sell. Nobody believed him. Because he said, here's the deal. There's this invisible thing that you can't see that can affect your life even to the point of death. There's this thing, and it's called a germ. It's called a germ. And they were like, wait, 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 wait. Are you saying that there's something that we don't see, smell, taste, or touch? Are you saying that there's something that we can't feel, we don't experience, but that has the opportunity within a, uh, an environment like a hospital to kill us? And he was like, Yep, hard sell. They thought he was crazy. But you know, 
it's what we accept now clearly. It's something that we absorb, accept, receive. No problem. Nobody here has a problem. Does anybody have a problem with the germ theory? Right? No, no, no. In fact, most of us have something like this. And if you leave a hospital, they're, they're by the elevators. I just visited my mom. And they, they were by the elevators. And I just, you know, you, you squirt. Uh, my son ODs on it, my little son David. He, like, tries to take a bath in it. I think he knows something I don't know. But, um, you know, he puts it on, and it's a big deal. And, and he goes forward. Here's the thing. Did you know, spiritually speaking, that there's an invisible realm that you don't see, smell, taste, or touch, and that it affects, it can affect your life to the degree even unto the point of death. Now, what we're going to be talking about, we're in a brand new series. In this series, it's called The War. And what we're going to be doing for the next bunch of weeks is we're going to be looking at spiritual warfare and what, how Satan, and I know, okay, pause right there. I know that some of us who are here, you know, you might think, oh, no, listen. Satan is a boogeyman invented by people to explain things they didn't understand. That's how a lot of us think. You know, we took a class in college. We had a professor that said this. Perhaps we read a news article or saw something. But, you know, Satan's not a real person. Edwin, you sound somewhat reasonable. Surely, in the 21st century, you don't believe in Satan. Listen, listen. I'm telling you, there is an invisible force that you can't see, smell, taste, or touch. He can have an effect on your life to the degree, even to the point of death. And you go, no, I can't believe that. Well, listen, all I'm asking you to do is just travel with us for a little while. This series is going to be life transforming. You have to show up to this series. If there's a series that you're going to show up this year to, this one has to be the one. I probably say that too much, right? Okay, but this is a really important series. Let me tell you why. Some of you, I, 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 was, um, I, I was away. All I, have, all I have is London illustrations. Um, and so I was away, and we were watching on TV. They had three TVs. I don't, have, uh, I don't watch TV at home, but when we go on vacation, I binge watch anything I can get my hands on when we're, like, laying down. So um, there was this crazy one, and there, it was a show about couples cooking and all that other stuff. But I noticed that one, uh, two of the three couples had, like, multiple marriages. And I thought, man, that's got to be painful, right? Like, you fall in love. You break up, the pain of the divorce and all that other stuff. Well, he did that to the tune. One of these guys did it to the tune of three times. And I was like, wow, that's painful. Imagine doing that three times. And so here's the thing. Some of you continue to choose the wrong person. And he thinks, this guy may or may not think, I don't know him. I haven't talked to him. I saw him 15 minutes on the TV. What do I know? But he may think that the reason that the marriages failed was because of her. And her, and her. But let me tell you something. It's, there might have been something there, an invisible force, something to, you think that the fights that you're having in your marriage are just because, well, it, she doesn't understand, or he is not 
considerate enough or he is not as tender to me or she is not as respectful to me. You think it's like that. I'm telling you, there are, this is why you have to listen to this series. There are some sins that right now you are presently practicing that you weep over practicing. Some sins that you find yourself falling into and you think to yourself, man, and some of you are on the front end of it and you're going, man, maybe, 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 I don't know, maybe I drink too much. You're on the front end of it. You don't know. Maybe, maybe I drink too much. Man, I'm telling you, there's something more than just what happened in your past. Maybe some of you are saying, you know, I, I think that my eating condition is because, you know, when I was at home, mom gave us food just to, you know, uh, just to calm us down or whatever. Maybe it's more than just your upbringing. Maybe there's something here you don't see. And so if you don't come to this series, if you don't understand the principles that we're going to teach throughout this series, you are going to miss some areas of your life that need to be addressed, but they can't be addressed just by looking at your past or looking at your present. They can't be addressed just by looking at the trauma that you've experienced or the pain that you've overcome. They can't be overcome by just what you see. Something more powerful than that. Now, God knows that you and I are going to have a battle with an enemy that is unseen. And so he's given us resources, not quite hand sanitizer, but even more effective than that. He's given us and armor. If you ever put on hand sanitizer, it's interesting the way it works. What it does is it kills the germs right on contact. That's how it works. It uses alcohol and things like that. And so God gives us an armor that destroys the attacks of Satan. It destroys his plan. Because Satan, not only does he have frontal attacks, Satan has different types of attacks. Like he'll lay down a seed of thought a lie that you believe. Some of us, you had a lie that was deposited into your soul years ago. And it comes up like this, well, I guess this is the way I'm always going to be. That's the lie. And you don't understand that that's Satan. You go, no, it's because, and you have all these evidences. No, it's not because of those evidences. Some of you right now, listen to me, some of you right now are at work, and there's someone there that you're flirting with, and you wouldn't even admit to yourself that you're flirting with them. And Satan is laying seeds down for the destruction of your children's children. I'm telling you, this message is important. This series is important. you got to come back. Because in this message, we're only going to be able to deal with the introduction. And then we're going to talk about each resource that God gives us throughout the coming weeks. But if you don't show up, you won't. you're going to keep on struggling. And I, and I love you too much. I don't want you to struggle. I want you to, if you're going to struggle, I want you to struggle to, to, to surrender to Christ, to enjoy Christ. There are also some of us here who you have no idea. You're in a great place, and you have no idea that Satan is setting up a trap for you, that it's going to be absolutely devastating. So you need to be able to see them as they come. That's, again, why this series is so important. So if you're married... This series is important to you. It might save your marriage. If you're young, 
I'm telling you, this series is important. It might save your regret. If you're old, this series is important. It may save you from torment that has been happening for years because you feel guilt and shame for all the things that you've done. I'm telling you, this series is important. God knows that you and I are going to have a wrestling bout, a fight, a war with invisible forces. So he knows this, and so he gives us his word to understand how to contend with it. Today, now, throughout the series, we're just going to look at uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verses 10 through 20. Today, we're just going to look at 10 through 13. 10 through 13. So, um, in your bulletin, if you open it up, if you open up your bulletin, you'll have the scriptures there. I think you'll have the whole thing, 10 through 20, because that's what's going to be for the entire series. We wanted to have it in all in context, and we didn't want you to just kind of think we were making this up. So, I want you to just go ahead and dive into that. If you have your Bible, that's even better. That's even better, so you can make uh, highlights and you know, underlines and just kind of interact with your Bible, and, and that'll be even better. So let's look, let's look at verses 10 through uh, 13. Would you stand with me as we read God's word? The reason why we stand is because God's just awesome, and we wanted to tell our bodies, yo, God is about to speak to us powerfully, and we want to hear what he has to say. Okay. Okay. Verse 10 through 13. Let's all read together in a nice loud voice, can we? One, two, three. Finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Therefore, put on the full armor of God so that when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground and after you have done everything to stand, We're going to pause right there on 13, at the end of 13. This is God's word. Have a seat. So let's look at this. We could spend four weeks on just this one paragraph. We could spend four weeks on just this one paragraph. We could spend a lot longer. It is amazing what's here, but we'll try to do a 30,000-foot uh, 30, view. So Paul is writing this letter. He's writing this letter to Ephesians, and he's already giving them an enormous amount of information. If you read the first three chapters of Ephesians, what you'll find is Paul is giving them doctrine, doctrine, doctrine. Some of you think that doctrine's not important. Some of you think that, oh, man, even, um, like, you even say things like denominations are unimportant and doctrine is not important. It's not true. Doctrine is really, really, really important. In fact, for those of you who think that doctrine is not important, I have news for you. That's a doctrine. You thinking doctrine is not important is a doctrine. A creed is very important. Doctrine is very, very important. 
Because what you believe, here's why it's important. It's why Paul's first three chapters of Ephesians are full of doctrine, and then the last three chapters are full of practice. You know why? Because belief follows behavior. Or I should say behavior follows belief. Behavior follows belief. If you, let me ask you something. If you're a 40-year-old woman who's committed to Christ with all of her life, and then you find someone who Jesus says is clearly not the one for you, but you believe the clock is ticking and you have, you know, you're just a few years away of not being able to have children, what might you do? Oh my gosh, you might fall into sin in some horrible endeavor. If you're a teenager and you think that some of the things that they talk about in school, some of the sexual practices that are not technically sex, if you think that those are not, well, because they're not technically sex, that you can practice them, how do you think you're going to behave? If it's no big deal, how do you think you're going to behave with the opposite? Well, you're going you're gonna to act out, right? If you think that the Bible is antiquated where, it's, where it talks about sex, and it talks about how sex is for, is for married people only, one man and one woman in holy matrimony. If you don't agree with that, what's going to happen? How many times are your, is your heart going to be broken? It's a doctrinal issue. It's not just a practical issue. It's a doctrinal issue. How you believe will affect how you behave. The reason Paul puts three chapters of doctrine and three chapters of practice after that is because he wants you to know that belief determines behavior. Now, he says after he's told you all of his doctrine and he's told you all of his practice, he goes at the end of his letter, finally. Now, after I've taught you what to believe and how to behave, finally. Be strong. Now pause right here. Look at me. Some of you, that's all you read when you read that sentence. Do better. Try, you're a bad husband. Be a better husband. Try harder. You're a single person. Be better at being single. You're, you're, you, 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 just try harder. Do work harder. Do better. Put more effort into it. Oh, you're clean? Come on, man. Make more meetings. It's, it's be strong. That's all you can hear, but you, you haven't heard the gospel yet. He says, be strong in the Lord. In the Lord. You're never called, as a Christian, you're never called to be strong in yourself. Strong in yourself? Are you kidding me? You're a weakling. Satan will knock you out. It won't be fair. You are out of your depth. Be strong in the Lord. See, this is important for us to know because if we're going to be able to come against Satan's devices, listen to me. Being strong in ourselves doesn't work. Being strong in what God has done in the past. Let me tell you what I do. Let me tell you, maybe you do it too. I don't know. I do this. I find myself in ebbs and flows of spiritual growth. Are you like that? Like sometimes... Sometimes I'm killing it. I'm memorizing scripture. And, like, I'm in a season that's pretty good right now. Right? I'm in a pretty good, eh, I think so. It's, it's, not, it's not horrible. I'm, I'm, I'm praying. I'm memorizing scripture. I'm seeking the face of God. Ebbs and flows, right? And we think, I know I think, that the, because I've had such powerful experiences 
in the past, that it doesn't, it, it means that I don't need to rely on Jesus for this moment like I need to rely on Jesus. Because I've experienced him in the past. I mean, I remember the tears. I remember the experiences. I remember the powerful way in which he moved. No, 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 beloved. Be strong in the Lord. You cannot go back. If you do that, it's like, it's like trying to be strong today on yesterday's meal. I mean, you might, I guess, be able to be strong today on yesterday's meal, but two days? Three days? You know, like how long? And yet there's four months, five months that we don't read our Bibles, that we don't. It's, listen to me. Last thing I want to do is put a guilt trip on you, but I want you to recognize where your strength comes from. Your strength does not come from you. Your strength comes from God. He is your strength. He is your power. He is your, your glory. He is your rest. He is your peace. He is your ability to endure. He is your persevering power. He is the one every step of the way. Be strong in the Lord. And in whose? Yours? No, in who? His mighty power. Because the Lord's power is mighty. Do you think that the, the problems in your marriage are mighty? Lord's power is more mighty. Do you think that the, 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 the disease that's ravaging your body, you think that's mighty? Lord's more powerful. It's more mighty. Do you think that the problems financially that you're going through, you, do you think that they are mighty? Lord's more powerful. Lord's more mighty. Do you think that that thing that you're struggling with, with either cutting yourself or eating and then throwing up, whether drinking or smoking crack, whether um, go, being a rageaholic or anything, do you think that those things are powerful? They might be powerful, but the Lord is more mighty. Be strong. Finally, after everything I taught you and everything I told you how to behave, finally, be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. And then it says this. Put, verse 11, put on the full armor of God. That's an incredible statement. Now, here's what you need to know about that. Number one, some of you didn't know that God gave you armor. Eesh, you've been in a war, you've had no helmet, you've had no gun, you've had no binoculars, you've had none of the resources that you've needed in order to be in the battle that you're in. You've had none of the resources. And that's why you keep on relapsing. That's why your marriage is going through that situation. That's why you find yourself in the depression. That's why you find yourself in a situation where you, you feel like you can't come out clean. The reason is, it's because you didn't know that God gave you resources for the war that you have. He's given you resources. You're not using what he's already given you. You go, God, I need your help. I need you. He goes, Pick, look in the closet. Look in the closet. I've given you everything you need. Everything. All the resources. For every moment of every day. Put on the full armor of God. So that, that means for the purpose of, so that, why? You can take your stand against the devil's schemes. Now, let me ask you something. Anybody here ever schemed something? Go ahead, put your hand. Come on, I want to see you. 
Yeah, not a whole lot of honest people in the room. I get it. All right. Yeah, all right. There's a few of you. Okay, right. Here's what I know about your schemes. Now, I don't know anything about you, right? I'm, or I might not know anything about you. I might not know anything about you, but here's what I know. Scheme is something that happens back here, and the effect of the scheme is something that happens in front here. Does that make sense? In other words, there is a plan, a seed being sown, a, a, a work that's already in play. It's a scheme. You go, but I don't feel like I'm being attacked. I know. It's the planning stage. It's a scheme. And he wants you to, be, so that when the spring, when, when the trap is sprung, so that when the problem arises, so that when the attack is finally seen, let me tell you something. This, this you must know. When traps are set, there are two principles to traps. I hope you know this. Here's two principles to traps. One is traps are never meant to look like traps to the thing it's intended to trap. Do you get that? A trap is, in other words, when, um, um, when a mouse sees a mouse trap, you know what he sees? He sees cheese dish. That's what he sees. Now, that's the first principle of traps. The first principle is that it's meant to not look like a trap. So you, if you have friends that are going, it's a trap, and they don't say it's a trap, they're saying, she's not good for you, you're working too hard, you're not paying enough time, attention to the kids, you know, uh, you know, if your wife is saying, if your husband is saying, if your kids are saying, if you, you get what I'm saying? I mean, it's a trap. It's not meant to look like a trap to you. The second principle about traps or schemes that you should know about is this. They're, traps are meant to be more powerful than the thing they're intended to trap. Do you understand that? They're not, you're not supposed to, if you're the one that's intended for the trap, they don't look like a trap to you, and they're meant to be more powerful than you. For instance, remember the mouse trap? You'd use it to catch a mouse. Would you try to catch an elephant with it? No, of course not, because a mouse trap is not powerful enough. I mean, for a I mean if you're going to catch a, even a baby elephant, you've got to use these, oh my gosh, have you ever seen those claws that go like that and, and, and catch the elephant and their metal claws? It's awful, right? But that's because they're meant to look like that. Now, here, beloved, look at me, look at me, look at me, especially for those of you who are flirting at school or at work or you're thinking of going, taking it one step too far and you don't understand it's going to go 10,000 steps too far. Listen to me, listen to me. You're in a trap. It's a scheme and you don't know it yet. You're like, you're like the mouse in the Tom and Jerry cartoon. Do you remember the mouse in the Tom and Jerry cartoon? Does anybody remember this? It's the Kit Kat Club, right? And there's jazz music playing. And Do you remember this? It's the Kit Kat Club, and there's jazz music playing around, and then the mice, what are they? And, and the mouse, it's, it's a cat. And the cat has his mouth wide open, and he has the awning and all that other stuff, and then his tongue is the red carpet. Imagine that. His tongue is the red carpet, so it rolls out, and then the mice... They have their zoot suit with their hat and their cane, and they're like this. And we laugh. And it looks an awful lot like you right now. Might be. I, I'm preaching to you, and I'm thinking of one way right now where I can see, oh, dear, I'm not listening to my wife. I need to listen to my wife. 
Now, if that's happening while I'm preaching, I'm assuming that's happening while you're listening, but listen to me. God's word is true, and here's the deal. Here's the deal. It's a scheme. It's a trap. It's not, you're trapped, and you don't know. No, but I don't know. It's a if, it was, if, you was, if it was a trap, of course you wouldn't be able to see that it's a trap. It's a scheme. No, 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 I'm just going to go back to my friends. I've been clean for 60 days. I'm going to go back to my friends and hang out with them and show out and look how good I look. No, no, no. I'm just going to, listen, listen, listen. She's an ex, but I just want to find out how things are going. I know there's been tension at home, but I just want a Facebook message just to see how things are going. Press enter. You see how crazy this is? Wait, 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 wait. Watch this. Oh, you know, the church, they don't give me what I need. And you continue to believe that. And then, and then you find yourself isolated in a way. and It's a scheme. Of course it looks like everything else. It's a scheme. Put on the full armor. So why? So what? So that you can stand. You can take your stand against the devil's schemes. So that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood. Tell your neighbor, it's not about you. All right, all you all, uh, now tell your other neighbor, it's not about you. Okay. Yeah, man. It's not. It's not. Bendito, they can never come back. Okay, stop talking, guys. All right. Listen to me. You're having problems with your spouse, you think it's your spouse, it's not about your spouse. You're having problems with your kids, it's not about your kids. You're having problems with your parents, it's not about your parents. You're having problems with your boss, it's not, no, no, no. Listen to me. Haven't you been listening? It's an invisible force. An invisible force. You don't, your battle is not with people. That is, blood and flesh. That's not your battle. So then let me ask you something. Why then do I find myself in as many arguments as I do? Why? Because I think it's between flesh and blood. I think it's between me and this other person. I think it's between another. It's, it's my wife. She's the problem. It's my kids. They're the problem. It's this church. You're the problem. My battle is not with flesh or blood. It's with. Listen to all he says. But against the rulers, and, uh, against the authorities, rulers and authorities. Now let's look at them. Rulers and authorities are your basic fundamental um, demons uh, that attack you, um, temptation, um, uh, negative words. I mean, you, know, you know how you talk, you know how your, your self-talk is so negative? Yeah, that can be demonic, right? And just ask yourself this, if you don't think your self-talk is negative, ask yourself this. If you talk to your friends the way you talk to yourself, would you have any friends, right? Yeah, so that, that, might, be, that might be some demonic self-talk. You're ugly, you're, you're, you're stupid, you're, you can't, you know. It's a whole bunch of things. You're too dark, you're too white, 
you're not young enough, you're not old enough. It's just a bunch of stuff. For our struggle is not against flesh and blood, but against rulers and against authorities. Those are basically um, demons that would come at us. Against the powers of this dark world. Now, what's interesting here, against the powers of this dark world, that phrase is Paul is using a Greek term for, this, uh, for what people put on their tombstone, the God that they worshipped. You see, there are idols or gods that you and I worship. Now, if you want to learn more about that, the last series that we just did, the last series that we just did, we spent five weeks on talking about the gods that we worship. We talked about approval. We talked about comfort. We talked about control. And we talked about um, uh, significance, power significance, right? And those are the gods that, this I want to take just another minute, even though we had four weeks of it. Listen to me, guys. There are gods that you and I bow down to. I mean, I was on vacation, and I found myself getting upset with my family because they weren't doing what I wanted to do. You know what the God is that I was worshiping? Because I take them with me. It's, it's comfort. I wanted things to go my way. I, think, I thought that things would, and I would get upset, and I would, yo, 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 reel it in, buddy. Look to Christ for your comfort. Christ will give you comfort, and, you know, it's asking Christ. Now, that just doesn't happen on a silly thing like a vacation. That happens in some profound ways all over my life. Beloved, these, these powers of this dark world, there's a God that wants you to worship him more than Jesus. His name is comfort, control, significance, and approval. I'm telling you, watch out for those gods in your marriage, in your single life, with your kids, with your grandkids, at your work. Watch out for the gods that will try to take control of your life. The powers of this dark world and against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly realms. Paul says the spiritual forces of heaven uh, uh, in the heavenly realms. He's kind of trying to capture all of the demonic uh, forces. I mean, if, if everyone that he just told you and the ones that he might have missed. He's trying to, yeah, you know, spiritual forces in the heavenly realms. And then he goes on in verse 13 to say, Therefore, since this is true, since what I just told you in the last three verses is true, Put on the full armor of God. Why? So that, there it is again, when the day of evil comes, you may be able to stand your ground. Now watch me. Listen to me. What's the day of evil? The day of evil can be several different things. The day of evil could be the day where, um, you know, uh, I mean, it's like, it's like when Satan comes back and, and like everything goes haywire, the, you know, the... Uh, Antichrist is, is shown and all that stuff, and that could be the day of evil. The day of evil could also be the struggles that you and I come against on a day-to-day -day basis. I'm wondering, is there anyone here struggling? Are you going through a day of evil? Right? Yeah, there's a few of us. Sure. It's like tough, and you feel your heart is sinking. You feel like you have no strength. It could be medical. It could be relational. It could be financial. It could be it could be anything, but it's the day of evil. Now, the reason that 
the scriptures say, we want you to put on the full armor of God because the day of evil is coming. Doesn't matter. If you're not in the day of evil, I promise the day of evil will come. And if you're not ready, it's not going to go well for you. I remember um, seeing a person not become ready and then trying to get ready while he was in a particular circumstance. Now, it's a funny illustration, but I think it captures um, the importance of being ready when you're not experiencing all the... Now, if you are experiencing all the day of evil that you can possibly handle, like it's overwhelming, run to Jesus. He's a great refuge and fortress for those of us, right? It's like... Um, uh, Psalm, uh, Psalm 91 says, whoever dwells, um, whoever dwells in the shelter of the Most High will rest in the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord that he is my refuge and my fortress, my God in whom I trust. Like that is whom we run to. He's our fortress. So if you're in the day of evil, run to God. He's your fortress. But let me, let me recommend a more excellent way. Don't wait till you're at the point of temptation. Don't wait till you feel like, oh, I can't say no, it's too strong. Don't do that. Place the armor on now. Now, the, what I, how I was going to illustrate this was, there was, I remember one time, I, I went to the beach with my family. I hate going to the beach. You guys know this. I don't like going to the beach. I hate the sand. I hate the naked people. I hate everything. <laughs> I hate everything about the beach, right? Don't like it. And so we go to the beach, but I love my family, but I love my family. So uh, I take them to the beach. And so I was sitting there at the beach. I don't know what I was doing. I think I was laying down or something like that. And there was a guy who came next to me, I don't know, 20 feet um, to my side and a little bit in front. And he, he was there and he started to, I mean, he must have been, I don't know, 350, 400 pounds. He was a huge guy. That wasn't so bad. Uh, the Speedo was a little concerning, but no, he didn't have a Speedo. I'm just being funny. He didn't have a Speedo. But no, he, he went there. He was around 350, 400 pounds, and then he went, to, um, he went to lay down, but then he started to do something interesting, and he started to do sit-ups. And I remember thinking to myself, of course, I'm not going to say this out loud. I know better than that. But what I did, what I did say to myself is like, a little late for that. Perhaps you should have done that a little sooner. I don't know. I don't know much about exercise, but this much I do know. You can't start, you don't get effects, you know, you don't get results that fast. And so, but here's the point. Here's the point. Many of us don't take this scripture seriously until we're at the beach of suffering. We're at the beach of temptation. We're at the beach of the day of evil. And we don't take this passage seriously, and then we wonder why we get run over like a lawnmower. Here's the deal. It's because we didn't do what the scripture said. Now, here's the good news. You go, but I don't know how to put on the armor. Listen, we're going to be talking about this for the next bunch of weeks. It's like six weeks. So please, keep coming back for the next six weeks. You'll learn how to put on and what armor. What armor and how to put it on, firstly. But let me just say this. That the armor that you will put on in the end, is not something that you can do on your own. It's something that Jesus does for you. Remember, it's be strong in the Lord and in his mighty power. Now, some commentaries have said Paul was 
in a prison cell. And this is true. He was in a prison cell in Rome when he was writing this letter. And the commentaries or the commentators in these commentaries say something that I think is very important. Paul was looking at the Roman guards and he was pointing out all the, the armor that they had on and he was uh, giving them spiritual meaning. Right? So basically what he's doing is he's taking something that you, they all knew and then helping them to understand, kind of like when I do illustrations here, like I'm in a minute, I'm going to do an illustration. And I'm using that not as the scripture, but I'm using that to illustrate the scripture. You get what I'm saying? And so Paul was trying to illustrate this point, and he was looking at that. Um, he, I mean, I'm sure there was some of that, but it's more likely because he, it's more likely that he was going back to Isaiah. In Isaiah, it talks about God's armor. And the armor that God puts on, and that God puts on a, blessed, a breastplate of righteousness. But God puts on this armor to fight the wars for us. It's as if God is giving us his gun. His, his, God is giving us his armor to be able to fight these battles. And you ask yourself, how on earth could God give us his armor? Won't that leave him vulnerable? And the answer is Listen, there was once a time where the God of the universe decided to be born in total vulnerability. He made himself vulnerable. The creator of the universe allowed his body to be held in the hands of a teenager. And then he lived the life that you and I should have lived, but we have never. And then he went willingly. He put down his armor and he allowed them to pummel his face till his mother couldn't tell what he looked like. They ripped out his beard. He laid down his armor so that you and I can have our armor of power and strength. He laid down his power so that you and I could have victory over bulimia and addiction and crack and bad marriages. And Listen, he laid down the one who had all the power in the world, made himself powerless so that all the powerless of the world could walk power. And so, and so, you and I can put on the armor of God because he laid it down for us. There's nothing that you and I can't get through because he gave it to us. So now watch this. Um, Now, I'm going to ask you about all of my points in this message. I hope you're paying attention. Okay. No, I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. It's a joke. Okay. All right. Now, come here. Now. Okay. Does anybody see? See our brother here? Okay. Now, watch this. If, if I went to attack my brother, now, I know his, his whole family take, like, judo lessons and stuff like that, right? <laughs> So I'm kind of nervous to attack him, right? But I'm guessing if I attack him, he may or may not win against me, right? See, what he represents is he, rep he represents um, you and me. 
See, we might have gone to a couple of Bible studies. We might have memorized a couple of scriptures. We might have, right? But listen to me. If I attack him, chances are, I'm thinking, if I'm betting, I can get him down. Maybe not, but I'm thinking I can probably overpower him, right? Okay, now watch this. What if Elvis comes in? Okay. Now, what if I'm about ready to attack him, right? Okay, anybody see Elvis yet? Come over here, Elvis. What if I'm ready to attack him and stand in front of him, Elvis? Just I'm ready to attack him, and I go, oh, well, this is another person. This is another person who's much more powerful and who's able to defend you. See, that's what you need. You don't need to be stronger, smarter, faster, stronger. You need somebody to fight your battle. But now what if, what if, Andrew, come up here. Hurry. Okay. Yeah, Andrew's our resident big guy. Yeah. Right. Okay, Mike, you're next. Come up. Okay. But now what if, what if Andrew and Mike decided to stand in front of him? Uh, Andrew and Elvis decided to stand in front of him. Come on up. Now that would be like, there's no way I could get to this guy, right? No way. Come on up, Mike. Fast, fast, quickly. Nice white pants. Come on, move it. But what if, what if, what if? Now, now by himself, I think I can take him. With Elvis there, coin toss, maybe, maybe not, you know. Andrew, Elvis, and Mike? You see, the, now, now stand over here. Stand over here, right. You see, you see where this is going, right? Yeah, right. And if we got anybody bigger than Mike here, I'm not calling them up. My point is simply this. You get it. You get it, right? If I try to attack him and they come around and try to stop me, there's no chance. I don't, like, yeah, I, I'm intimidated now. And so, see, now watch this. Watch this. Is that because of anything that he's done on his own? Because there's a Father, Son, and Holy Spirit determined to protect you. So why would you want to be like those silly guys that I see who go, come on, come on, and jump, run out from under, come on, you want a piece of me? You want why would you want to do that? Why would you want to live your life like this? That doesn't make sense, right? Because I sweep you right up. You don't have a chance. But if you rest in the Lord and you go, and then, and then you go, oh, no. You're not, yeah. yeah. Then there's no chance. Now watch this. This is important. Listen to me. So, what does that look like to have this kind of protection? Come back for the next six weeks and we're going to talk about what that looks like, okay? I want you to come back and we're going to talk about putting on the armor that belongs to God. Thanks, guys. Great job. All right. I hope to see you next week. If you don't come, you're missing on something. I'm going to pray for you. Let's pray. Before we pray, listen to me. Listen to me. The only reason we can stand is because Christ laid down his life. Do you get that? The only reason we can stand is because Christ laid his life down. So we run to him and rest in him and find our encouragement in Jesus because there's no other way we can stand. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for being so kind. I thank you that you know that we are in this battle 
that we're in this war and that you've given us all the resources that we need to be protected, to be protected from Satan's wrestling tactics, to be protected from Satan's warlike maneuvers. I thank you, oh God. I thank you that you love us and that you're for us. So Father, I pray right now for those of us here who have found ourselves in the day of evil, some of us because we've placed ourselves there and some of us because of Satan's schemes. Lord, I pray that they would run, find their rest in you like Psalm 91 says. Lord, I pray also that those of us who are here, whether we're in the day of evil or our lives are going fantastic, that we would take seriously your word and that we would come and learn to put on your armor that you give us that's strong and powerful so that we don't have to succumb to the temptations and the evils and the schemes of Satan. Father, I pray that we would find in you all that we need to get through our day-to-day -day affairs and the schemes of Satan. For we do pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen.